Welcome to the Heart Shaped Ministries podcast, where we discuss the big areas of life that God wants to transform in each one of us. We're going to actually do a four-part series on the fear of failure. So this is starting next week. Patterns and the fear of failure is part one. Um, Happening next week, we're looking at at, at four different areas. We're actually the following week, we're going to talk about shame and the fear of failure. It is such an important topic in this pressurized time because the fear of failure rears its head. It raises up um, and uh, raises its head in the midst of difficult times. And so we actually want to talk about this from next week. Tune in. It's not a parenting talk. It is for everybody. It hits at the core of every human heart. Mm -hmm. So join us for that next week. Um, And uh, yeah, don't miss it. Same day, same channel, same time. We'll be back with that very important topic. Great. Thank you for tuning in for whoever is on now. And if you're watching it later in the replay, then um, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And tonight we're going to be looking at three challenges that every parent faces. Now, we know there are more than this, guys, but we're focusing on three that have been big challenges for us that we've really had to work through. And if you hear the words overwhelmed, unqualified, and unprepared, does that feel familiar to any of you at all? So I once had someone tell me, I'm not going to have kids until I'm prepared or until I feel really ready. And I just smiled and said, you are never ready. You are never fully prepared (laughs) to have kids. Those parents watching now, we are never fully ready to have children. Parenting is hard. It is wonderful, but it is hard and it is challenging. But it does make us think of some lovely quotes that always make us laugh. So Jerry Seinfeld said, a two-year-old is kind of like having a blender, but you don't have a top for it. Uh, that is true. Yeah, I think that could go from two to four years old. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even longer. Maybe even to the teenage years. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when they maybe. hit the teenage years, come the rooms, what they can do in their bedroom is Yeah, it's is actually amazing. Actually. <laughs> Another one we love, it says, when my kids become wild and unruly, I use a knife, nice, safe playpen, and when they're done, I climb out. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that one. <laughs> That's good. And the quickest way for a parent to get a child's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. That is so true. Yeah, or go to the toilet. If you go if you go to the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. You know, go or to the get bathroom. on the phone, make a phone call, and all of a sudden everyone's around. You'll get everybody's attention. Yes. I have made many phone calls actually like in our <coughs> pantry cupboard, trying to get some privacy. <laughs> <laughs> so parenting, whether planned or not, is a journey of trust. Every stage is a journey of trust through the first nine months of wonder and kind of surprise and prayer to the uncertainty of labor and birth and delivery of learning how to feed them and bathe them and change them and actually just keep them alive for the first time. I remember when we came home with Jonas and we actually didn't have a car at the time. So a friend had to give us a, a lift home. We came into the house, closed the door, put Jonas down. He was in a car seat and we just looked at each other and we thought, we don't know what to do. I remember that. I think we cried. That? We cried. Yeah. <laughs> we might have cried. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We shed tears. We cried. Real tears. It was a bit overwhelming. We We're didn't know. Overwhelmed. We did not know what to do. And then you have that first day at school <clears throat> where you're waving goodbye to them. You're entrusting them into the hands of strangers. And then when you release them to go off to university, our first is about to make that step. And you release them into the hands of even stranger strangers. 
<laughs> and, you know, every step um, we have to learn to trust. And parenting is actually a journey of learning to trust God with your children yeah. at whatever stage they are in. Yeah, definitely. And we, it is God that has gotten us through all of these challenges. And he is so incredibly gracious and trustworthy. And we have had to trust him with our weaknesses as we have parented, as we have made mistakes, as we have faced challenges. Um, it's God's strength through us is what actually gets us through. Yeah. And so the challenges that we're going to look at tonight are exhaustion, disappointment, and insecurity. Yeah, the disappointment's going to be a good one. Stick around for that. But let's ask this question. Exhaustion, disappointment, insecurities, which of these, those three words, those three challenges, which of these resonates most with you right now? Would you please just type that in the comments there and just put it, put it out there. Just be honest. Be real. Which of those three Be vulnerable. challenges right now would you say really resonates with you? I think I think with me, insecurity is definitely coming out. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit yeah. and give a little bit of a personal story in there. Uh, but definitely that's the, that's the one with me that's really starting mm-hmm. to, to get, I'm, I'm sure, exhaustion for a few. But let us know. So the, let's talk. Let's start with exhaustion. So parenthood. Talking about exhaustion is absolutely draining. Life is draining. Now you add a couple of kids into the mix and it is a recipe for exhaustion. And that's what happens in our responses when we are exhausted. They, they come out in ways that we did not intend for them to come out. We, if when, when we're not operating out of a place of peace and of rest, we communicate things that we wish we hadn't communicated and say things we wish we hadn't said. And, and, uh, we, we end up kind of exchanging information. Have you done that in, in exhaustion? You end up exchanging information, giving commands and kind of do this, do that. And you're not really connecting heart to heart in moments of exhaustion. So here's some of the things that we've learned to do when we are feeling exhausted. First of all, we learned that you have to admit when you need help. You have to admit when you need help. Parents are sometimes the worst when it comes to their children of actually raising their hands and saying, I I actually, I need some help. It's funny when parents, um, when they're going through difficulties, it's like this unwritten rule uh, that, you know, you just got to soldier on like every other parent does mm-hmm. and uh, and not share some of those difficulties and some of that exhaustion. And it's important that we learn to communicate. Whenever I start getting irritated and I know I'm maxing out, Megan, I have to ask Megan for help. I have to say, Megan, I need some space. I need to tap out here for a moment. And and, and it often manifests itself in when I get irritated. Maybe you could tell us, Glinda, thank you so much insecurities definitely um uh up there that's one of mine as well well glenda you could tell us in what ways um do you you know when you put your hand up what are some of the ways that that comes out because for me exhaustion but in particular it comes out in irritation so Mm -hmm. i can feel immediately i'm irritated and it's not actually who i normally am so then i'll say megan i I feel like i'm getting too maxed out megan she starts to get maybe over emotional over insignificant things um don't want to throw you under the bus but that could be part of it yeah we're actually doing we're actually writing a a a marriage book together at the moment (laughs) 
<laughs> so we need one. So we're actually really getting into what what <laughs> what we're struggling with together. So we could probably just do that marriage session right now and get it all out. We could, <laughs> but we're supposed to be doing parenting. So yeah, so we'll stick with we'll, we'll stick with that so I don't get in trouble. But uh, watch for that marriage book that's going to come out later on. Um, we also have had to uh, learn. So let me just say, sorry, part of that of learning how to ask for help. It's important that you've got good structures around you. Have you isolated yourself? I find parents often isolate themselves. Mm-hmm. If you don't have family near you, you need some good, strong contacts, some good, strong friendships that you can actually raise your hand and say, I'm pretty exhausted. Can I ask you to help me? Would you be able to take the children for a moment? So this is the next thing we've learned to do is we have to have activities in our life that refresh us and bring us life. Mm-hmm. Megan will often insist that I go for a surf. So we're blessed. We live by the sea. She says, go for a surf. And she'll often just like put the car keys in my hand and say, go. Especially if he's we, being really irritated. We want you to go and get get some refresh time because you're no good to me if you're exhausted. And what is it for you, Megan? I know it has to get regular time out in the sun, in nature. So she's got to yeah. go someplace where she that can refreshes me. She can take her shoes off and walk in the grass. Yes. And I got to make space for that. Um, and if you're if you're not married, you don't have a spouse that can kind of help. What are the structures of people that can help you get some refreshing time? We also learned that the the indispensable value of weekly rest. So Megan and I both went particularly through the the toddler years, the early years when we had about three in the preteen years. Um, all together, we went through seasons where we had regular days out in botanic gardens in the local um, you know, place that we have here mm-hmm. uh, where we actually would spend time separately. So Megan would just go for two hours and go walk in the botanic gardens. And we did that on a weekly basis during those really um, tough years of early childhood. And then we learned to regularly stop and reevaluate our lives and our schedules. It's very easy to get just in the busyness of life and one thing adds to another, and especially when the kids get older, it gets busier as they get older because they start going to all sorts of activities. Your children don't need to do everything whenever they get older. It's okay for them to have lots of activities when they're young, finding out what they like to do, but you need to start narrowing it down so that you're not doing everything. They can't do ballet and basketball and all of it all at once. Okay, so you start setting in some boundaries. You need boundaries for your life. You also need boundaries for your children. You start, maybe it's time to reevaluate. All right, so this is the question, the next question that we'd love for you to answer if you can. Which one of those for you? So we're talking about exhaustion. Mm -hmm. What do you need to do right now? Do you need to ask for help? Do you need activity that refreshes you? And put that in. Do you need to schedule in a, a weekly time of rest? Or do you actually need to stop and reevaluate your schedule right now? So what's God telling you? Even right now, as you listen to this, as you're mm-hmm. engaging with this, you're, if you're in that place of exhaustion, what, what is it? Maybe just type it there. Get, get vulnerable with us tonight. Get practiced up for next week when we start talking, yeah. uh, not just to parents, but to everybody about the fear of failure. We have a four-part series coming up, if you didn't hear. Four-part series on the fear of failure. Where we're going to we're gonna get into some vulnerable stuff. So practice mm-hmm. now. What is it right now? Megan, what, how would you answer that? I'll put, you, I'll put you on the spot. Right now, if you're in a place of exhaustion. 
So I'm going to take that weekly time of rest. Oh, I thought you might. I like that idea. We haven't done that for a while, so I think we need to put that back in. I think you can. I think I'm going to let you do that this this week. This this week does it have to be a weekly or you can guys it be heard a it. week? You time? heard him say it this week. It's happening. Okay, this, <laughs> I just got myself in trouble. A lot of hard work there. I think I think with exhaustion as well, we have to be so aware of our, like Drew said, our mental state, the state of our bodies, our spiritual state, and it is actually godly to rest. It is godly to rest. Mm. It's not godly to continue running yourself into the ground to where you burn out yeah. and to where it burns your family out or your children out. So if you know you're in a place of exhaustion, then be intentional and put some things in place that are going to help you cope and actually help you thrive because we're in this for the long haul. So we don't just want to run in order to burn out. We're in it for the long haul. So these things have to be put in place. Great. Cool. Okay, so another thing we had to trust God with was our own disappointments. So when Eden, who is our number two, when she was 18 months old, I actually had a miscarriage. And it was an incredibly difficult time in our lives. And I've only had one miscarriage. Um, I know women who have had many. And it's an extremely painful thing. And it's quite a, a disregarded pain. So Um, you know, it's quite a hidden thing almost because you have just lost this life, but other people don't necessarily know. Mm. Um, There's not always an opportunity to have a memorial service or a funeral. Um, There's not always a body to bury. So it's quite a, yeah, it's quite a painful thing to grieve, but it often feels like quite a lonely grief. Mm. And people quickly kind of just get back to normal life. So even Everyone's back at work the next day. Your husband's back at work the next day. And you're just kind of left feeling empty that you've just had this life. And now there's not a life um, Mm -hmm. there any longer. So that was a a hugely difficult time for us. And sometimes that can feel like parenting as well. It can feel like a lonely road of disregarded pain that other people don't see. And I often hear moms talk about unmet expectations or difficulties they're having or things that have kind of turned out one way and which was not how they expected things to turn Mm. out. And sometimes parents are disappointed with their own parenting. So parenting can can be hard work. So you can wake up in the morning, you're working all day, whether it's you're cleaning, cooking, you're going to work yourself, coming home, cleaning again, looking after everyone, going to bed and just doing the same thing over and over again. And it can sometimes feel like, wow, I didn't really sign up for parenting to be like this. That can Mm. feel like a disappointment. Sometimes they're disappointed with themselves. So sometimes before we have kids, we think we are going to be those amazing parents that are gracious and patient and the the fun ones that our friends' kids want to be with all the time. (laughs) And it doesn't always turn out that way. And sometimes we are disappointed in the relationships that we have with our children and that our children have brought out the worst in us at moments rather than the best, which was what we wanted. That can feel so disappointing. And sometimes they're disappointed with their family situation. So again, their family situation has not turned out like they expected. Perhaps there's a lot of tension. Perhaps it's broken. Perhaps there's disunity and every relationship feels strained. And one thing that I had to learn to do personally is to bring my disappointments to God So there is a bit of a myth, particularly in Christian circles and within the church, 
that as Christians, we should not feel disappointed about things or we're not allowed to be disappointed, Mm. um, which isn't true. So let me just clarify that you will have disappointments in your life. You will have disappointments in your parenting. You will have disappointments with your children and even with choices that they make. Disappointment is a part of life. And if we don't deal with it authentically, then it becomes a buried issue in our life that can actually affect us negatively in many different ways later. So I had to learn to bring my disappointment to God. I had to learn to recognize it, to be honest about it, to feel emotion about it if I needed to, and to give it to him. And then the other thing that we've had both had to learn to do in that, that as we face disappointment, as we're honest with it, that we've learned to stay in that disappointment and to have that be the focal point is a choice that we actually have to learn to choose joy. So it may be a battle, but we have to make a conscious effort to focus on what is good and not just the disappointments. When disappointments happen, they can be overwhelming. And sometimes that can become the lens that you see everything else through in your parenting and in your family. And if you're disappointed with your parenting, we need God's help to go back to those moments that were beautiful moments that we had in our parenting. Yeah. Even if that doesn't feel like there are many, they are there. Beautiful moments that you've had. Go back to those things. Celebrate those things. If you're disappointed in yourself, think about the things that you have done well and do those things. Do them over and over again. If you're disappointed with Mm. your family or perhaps the state your family is in now, choose to speak life over your family. Yeah, that's good. Choose to see and feel what you, the good that you know. That and the hope and the destiny, you know, that God has put into your yeah, family. That's right. Speak that over your family. And if you feel disappointed with your children, because we do get disappointed and hurt by our children, see the good choices that they have made and praise them for it. And if it's difficult to see now, ask God to show you. Ask God to show you the beauty in their children. Mm. Ask God to show you what he has specifically and beautifully put inside of them. We often need God's help for these lenses, but we have to choose joy. It's actually a choice. It is. So a few weeks after um, I had the miscarriage, I actually had an incredible dream. So I had a dream that we gave birth to a baby girl. And when this girl was born, we named her Joy. And about a year later, we actually did give birth to our third child. And her name actually means everlasting morning joy. So we found her name in a name book and her name is Dea. But we didn't feel like one joy was enough. So we named her Dea Joy. So her name is actually Double Joy. Double Joy. um, Which is really what God did for us in that time. He restored joy in a beautiful way. And we were so reminded of what David says in the Psalms, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm. And I just want to encourage you, if you've had any kind of disappointments, if you're feeling any now, any that you would feel for the future, that nothing is unredeemable in God, that he can redeem anything and he can change anything that's been a difficulty or a disappointment. And he can actually transform it into a place of joy in your family. He's done that for us many times. That's beautiful. So, so far we've looked at exhaustion. And we've looked at disappointment. And let me just highlight Sonia here. Thank you so much for adding this. Asking for help is one of the things that you feel God is telling you now. But in this time of COVID, it's pretty impossible to get help from others. And we can sometimes feel like that. And and that's another, that's a disappointment in itself. Um, just 
us trying to connect and and, and get the things that we need. Yeah. And especially whenever you're in lockdown and everybody's having to look after their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to encourage you, Sonia, to um, keep doing that. If God's highlighting that, asking for help, um, it might be that you ask him next, who mm-hmm. who, sh- who should I actually uh, raise my hand to and say, hey, would, would you come alongside and help our family? And, and uh, it, if nothing mm-hmm. else, just come alongside and pray for us yeah. um, and help me um, spiritually in that way. And Lord, we pray for Sonia right now, God, that you would give her yeah, uh, the help that she needs and, and the encouragement that she needs as a parent. Lord, would you please come right now? Mm-hmm. And I pray, Father, that in this time of exhaustion, God, that you would start showing her the next steps that she can make mm-hmm. in the name of Jesus. So the third and final one we're going to look at tonight is dealing with our insecurities. And uh, Glenda said that uh, hers insecurities, and that's definitely what God's doing on, in my heart at the moment but I want to tell you a story about our last born. He he's adopted. His name is is Ko. He's uh, um, one of our. He, he's because uh, he, he, there's like a nine year gap. So he's like the the baby that came into our lives whenever we were in our forties already. So he's the one <laughs> keeping us young and keeping us exhausted. <laughs> yeah. But um, but one of the things that uh, experiences that I went through, I was sitting across from a, a Zulu pastor. Um, from our city at a cafe, and and we were talking about that uh, about Ko. His name came up, and the way that uh, the fact that we had adopted a Zulu boy, and then we started talking about South Africa and the tensions in, from apartheid years, and how apartheid only ended in 1994. And this pastor said, by adopting a Zulu boy as a white family, he said, were you helping to break the divide between you know? Zulus and, and whites. Um, and then he said, if, if so, I want to congratulate you. He says, well done. And then he asks, was this the reason why you felt to adopt? Now, my my chest puffed up with a bit of ego, you know, because I thought, jeez, I mean, here this respected Zulu pastor in our city, you know, can see that I've got a, a little black child and uh, he's and, uh, he's going to grow up to to you know help bring the, the the two cultures together and symbolizes something in South Africa and even this respected African pastor appreciates the contribution that we've made toward the advancement of racial reconciliation. I wanted to claim it as if that's why we had adopted him, or at least a significant part of why we had adopted him. Um, I wanted to make Ko's adoption about me effectively, and uh, and make it about how much I was doing to advance this world. I was wanting to essentially use my child to help with the insecurities or with my sense of significance that I was longing for. But if I had done that, I would have fed the lie, one, that I was insignificant or that my significance comes from anyone else but God. But more than that, I would be putting something onto Ko that he shouldn't have, which is the burden to make his dad feel significant in this world and to feel like somebody in this world. So he asked me, was this the reason? And I said, no, it's not. I was not prepared to use my son for me to make me look good or feel better about myself. I don't think we should use anyone in that regard to do those things. I said, we did not adopt him to make a political statement. I said, we did not do it, adopt him to heal the world. It wasn't something noble like that. It was simply because 
God had put him on our hearts. It was that simple. God had put him on our hearts. God had said, I want you to adopt him. And we said, yes, we fell in love with him. It's because we fell in love with him. I just use that as an example because sometimes parents can take great pride in their children. And that's good in many ways. But it's really easy to start making your children be something that needs to be an idol or someone who needs to bring in significance and a feeling of accomplishment in your own life and keep you from the fear of failure and these type of things without realizing it, we pressure our children into that. And I think because of that, we get so much insecurity as a parent. So when our children, so the disappointment becomes exponential in our hearts and minds when our children are not behaving like our neighbor's children or our brother's children or our sister's children and uh, or in front of our parents or whatever it might be, we we start to take it personal and our insecurities come out. Or if, if they're not as clever as the child at home, uh, at, at, at school, if they're not performing in a sports and the insecurity rises up. Now, insecurity can come obviously when we feel like we're not parenting them well, but that insecurity comes through because we've made our parenting about us and not about them. When you make your parenting about you, you start to use your children. And whenever they start to behave in ways that are not the society does not deem as respectful or whatever it might be, um, it's easy for that relationship between the two of you to tear even more because you now start trying to get them to perform for your sake and not simply because you want to shape their hearts because mm-hmm. God's given them to you. Um, and I want to encourage you, it's it's very easy to do those things, but I want to encourage you, God is busy shaping your heart, not mm-hmm. just your children's hearts yeah. in this time. He's busy shaping our hearts as parents. And these are wonderful moments for you to bring before the Lord and say, God, if there's exhaustion, if there's disappointment, if there's insecurity that is just feeding my behavior as a parent, I want to bring it to you. And I want to ask you to deal with it. And Lord, we ask right now for everybody's listening. Mm. If those three challenges are really real for anyone listening now, I pray, God, you would come and help them, help them in the name of Jesus to yeah. find you and to find their identity again in their relationship with you first before anyone else, before any other relationships, so that their relationship, so that identity can be solid, so that their relationships with others might be pure, holy, and for the other benefit and not just our own. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Um, y'all, thank you so much. It's great to see you on here. Danielle, y'all, great. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks for your vulnerability. I'm sure that's a reference to Megan um, and me, hopefully. Um, <laughs> I just realized we were both vulnerable, but Megan with her miscarriage and me talking about the adoption. <clears throat> uh, Glinda, y'all, yeah, manifest for me when I manage their behavior to appear to be a good parent rather than invest in character and heart development. It's exactly what I'm talking about. And that's so true. And I think every single one of us do that. We try to manage behavior in order to make ourselves look good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to say thank you so much. Uh, just remind you, um, if you haven't checked it out yet, please do our book. If you don't have it, it's, you can get it from Amazon. Um, you can get it from our website, Heart Shape Ministries. 
uh, com. And then also we have uh, two e-courses available as well. Uh, one on life, how to help shape them for life. And in that course, we talk about building love, destiny, and character. Three things that your children need. And then in this course, uh, success, uh, it's a three and a half hour course on how to shape them for success into the future. And you can find that at our website and go to those things. Um, I want to remind you not to forget next week, we're starting this series, The Fear of Failure, and we're starting with part one, which is patterns and the fear of failure. If any of this heart stuff resonates with you tonight, we're really going to get into really some, some meaty um, conversation and show you how, what kind of patterns and how the fear of failure leads to those patterns, what kind of patterns God wants to set you free from. But other than that, we are finished for tonight and we want to say thank you. And as we do, often we want to just end with a prayer for you and your family. So Megan, would you pray for us? Yes. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Lord Jesus, we thank you for each person who is watching this. We thank you for the destiny you have over them and their family and their children. Yes, God. And I pray specifically for these three challenges. God, for exhaustion, for insecurity, for disappointment. If anyone watching is is struggling with those three challenges or any challenges, um, I ask that you would meet them where they're at. I ask that you would give them grace. I ask that they would know they are not alone. Every single family struggles with challenges. Every single parent struggles with their own weaknesses. And we just thank you that we serve a God who is strong and is glorified in our weakness. And I ask for grace for this parenting journey. Grace on you and your family. And I ask for grace to choose joy even when things feel challenging. Yes, we agree. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week for our Fear of Failure session. And uh, God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.